Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I must admit, it's with a heavy heart and a trembling hand that I pen down these words. My life has been far from ordinary, touched by the inexplicable and the paranormal, leaving me with more questions than answers. I've never seen a ghost in its full spectral form, but I've witnessed orbs of light and sensed presences that defy logical explanation. Right now, I'm seated here in my room, enveloped by an unseasonable chill. It's the coldest room in the house despite there being no draft, the windows firmly shut, and curtains drawn. Even my dream catcher seems to be caught in an invisible current, swaying and twisting gently above me. This feeling isn't new to me. I've always been sensitive to these invisible visitors. The mere thought of spending the night alone sends shivers down my spine for my past experiences have left a haunting imprint on my psyche. Where I reside now is a split-level apartment. I occupy the lower floor while an elderly, devoutly religious man lives above. I make sure to lock the doors firmly each night, a ritual that offers me some semblance of security. One particularly unnerving incident occurred when my father informed me he'd be away for the weekend. The prospect of solitude filled me with dread, but I reluctantly agreed. My previous home had been rife with similar eerie occurrences, and the thought of facing them alone was daunting. That night, after double-checking every lock on doors and windows, I retreated to the unsettling solitude of my bedroom. The witching hour found me startled awake. A sensation of a hand caressing my thigh sent waves of panic through my body. My eyes flew open to discover my own hands bound above my head, my shirt twisted up around them in an unnatural position. Yet the room was empty, the door remained closed and everything was as I had left it, locked and secure. A shadowy figure seemed to dissipate into thin air above me, leaving behind nothing but fear. That weekend was sleepless. Phantom touches grazed my shoulders, legs and stomach, while I desperately sought distraction in online conversations with friends. I can imagine your skepticism. It's a reaction I've come to expect. Even so, I'm willing to expose myself to potential ridicule by sharing these experiences. The only other person privy to these tales has been my sister, who herself encountered strange phenomena following her use of a Ouija board in her youth. For the record, I've never dabbled with one myself. 
There are moments when I'm overwhelmed by an urgent sensation that someone is trying to communicate with me, harboring a message that needs to be conveyed. Once, acting on this inexplicable impulse led me to a long-lost friend who had been silently calling out my name in her distress. I found her weeping in a park without prior knowledge of her whereabouts or condition. I'm reaching out to you not for validation, but in search of understanding. My health is sound and my mind clear. This isn't the work of an overactive imagination or psychological disturbance. These events are real to me and I'm desperate for an explanation. With hope for insight, Eileen. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, my husband and I shared a rental home with another person before we exchanged vows. This dwelling was a two-story structure, with my husband and I occupying the upper level while our roommate resided below. It did not take long for us to sense that we were not the sole occupants of this abode. One evening, as we were hosting a small gathering, I was beleaguered by a pounding headache and excused myself to retire early. Later, upon awakening parched, I ventured downstairs for water. My husband inquired about the ruckus I had supposedly been making upstairs. He described it as a series of thuds and heavy footsteps, akin to someone jumping or dropping heavy objects. However, I had been soundly asleep during this time. Subsequently, there were numerous nights when my husband, lounging on the downstairs couch, would perceive the distinct sound of footsteps descending the staircase. Each time he glanced over expecting to see someone, the staircase was deserted. One particular afternoon stands out vividly in my memory. I was in the midst of a shower when my husband entered the adjoining bathroom to brush his teeth. We were alone in the house at that time. Abruptly, both of us heard the unmistakable sound of a woman's voice calling out my name not once, but twice. Puzzled and slightly alarmed, my husband left the bathroom to investigate. And yet again, we found ourselves completely alone. There was no sign of anyone else in the house. A similar incident occurred when I found myself home alone on another day. I was busily drying my hair when I heard it, that same voice calling out to me, unmistakable and clear. The solitude of my surroundings made the experience all the more chilling. These events have left us with an indelible impression of our former home and a series of unanswered questions. Who might this unseen presence belong to? What could be the explanation behind these mysterious occurrences? Could our home have been graced by a visitor from another realm? Or is there a more pragmatic explanation to these auditory phenomena? The search for answers continues. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, My encounter with the supernatural began as a tale handed down from my mother, a story that featured the specter of my late grandfather. It was a narrative I never truly expected to enter myself until one pre-dawn morning, which curiously unfolded exactly a week and a day 
prior to the passing of my stepfather, Carl. While the rest of the world was cloaked in slumber, I found myself rooted in the kitchen at approximately 4 a.m. on Monday, April 16, 2007. The television murmured in the background, an indistinct program that Carl had left on. Yet, my mind was elsewhere, adrift in thoughts of my grandfather. It was amidst this contemplation that I noticed something startlingly unusual, a shadow in the corner of the TV screen. This was no ordinary shadow. It occupied the bottom right of the screen, stretching midway up, but it seemed wholly disconnected from the televised content. More peculiarly, it bore an uncanny resemblance to my grandfather, the distinctive shape of his balding head framed by hair on the sides. I remember the shiver of realization that coursed through me as I recognized these familiar traits. Initially, I tried to dismiss it as a trick of the mind, imagining things because he was at the forefront of my thoughts. However, the sight struck me with such intensity that my body's reaction was visceral. My chest tightened, breath caught in my throat, and a palpable sense of dread washed over me. I stood frozen, unable to move, a statue in my own home. Rational explanations eluded me. If this had been merely a figment of my imagination, it wouldn't have elicited such a powerful physical response. And then, as if to cement the reality of the supernatural occurrence, the basement door swung open 15 minutes later. It's important to note that while the door wasn't securely shut, there was no reasonable cause for it to open on its own. Our house, particularly the basement, was not prone to drafts. Nevertheless, the moment that door creaked open was when I felt a chill, not from a draft, but rather from a deeper, inexplicable place. I have no doubt that what I witnessed was a visitation from my grandfather. This belief is reinforced by an incident that occurred several weeks prior to that eerie morning. In a moment of sorrow, I found myself overwhelmed by emotion. Tears streamed down my face as I spoke aloud to my grandfather, who passed when I was merely three, questioning why my mother had been graced with his appearance and not I. In my despair, I expressed how deeply I missed him and lamented the fact that I had to navigate life without his presence. That plea to the beyond was raw and heartfelt. And so, on that fateful early morning in April, it seemed my cries had been heard. My grandfather had come to me as I had so desperately wished. This experience has lingered with me, imprinting a profound sense of wonder and curiosity about the afterlife and spiritual encounters. It has reshaped my understanding of presence and absence, life and death, reality and the supernatural. Thank you for allowing me to share my story with your listeners who, like me, are drawn to the unexplained mysteries that shadow our existence. Perhaps this account will resonate with those who have had similar encounters or provide comfort to those yearning for one last connection with a loved one who has passed on. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, In the realm of the explained and the unexplained, there lies a tale that has circulated among the locals of Stanley, North Carolina, a tale that has been both whispered and shouted, but never confirmed. 
It's a story that spans decades and bridges the gap between the living and perhaps the spirits that linger. This is the story of Mariposa Bridge, or more precisely, the two Mariposa Bridges, the new and the forgotten. The old Mariposa Bridge, once a vital artery for the townspeople, now stands in silent disuse, a relic of a bygone era. Its weathered surface and rusting beams tell a story of neglect, but it is what may lurk in the shadows of this condemned structure that captures the imagination and, for some, strikes a chord of fear. Legend speaks of a woman whose life met a tragic end on that very bridge many years ago. Her vehicle, they say, failed her in her time of need, stranding her in the middle of that remote crossing. As fate would have its cruel way, a drunk driver, heedless and carefree, barreled down the bridge, and in a moment marred by recklessness, the woman's life was extinguished. From that day forward, whispers of an apparition began to surface. Accounts varied, but the essence remained consistent. A ghostly figure, the upper torso of a woman, seen adrift from one end of the bridge to the other, on nights when the veil between our world and the next seems thinnest. Some say she searches for justice, others claim she's unaware of her own demise. Regardless, her presence is said to be as real as the chill in the air. Skepticism is my nature, and so armed with doubt and curiosity, I embarked on a journey to unveil the truth behind these spectral claims. As darkness embraced the sky and stars began to speckle the heavens, I found myself standing before the condemned structure of the old Mariposa Bridge. The stillness was palpable, a stark contrast to the stories that painted this place as anything but serene. With each step I took onto the forsaken bridge, I could feel history underfoot, the countless journeys that had transpired here, and perhaps one journey that never concluded. I waited, watched, and wondered if I'd catch a glimpse of her, the woman whose fate had been so cruelly altered. Yet as minutes turned to hours, no apparition graced my vision. No wandering spirit made its plight known. Instead, there was silence, that is, until it wasn't. A faint cry pierced the night, a sob that seemed both near and far. A woman's cry? My heart raced as I strained to hear it again. Was it merely the whisper of the wind, or had I indeed heard something more? The logical part of me argued for reason, but in that moment, reason seemed a distant memory. The cry did not present itself again, and eventually, I left the bridge with more questions than answers. I recount this tale not to incite fear or to claim evidence of the paranormal. No, I share this experience to caution those who may be drawn to such places in search of thrills or proof of legends. The ghost of Mariposa Bridge may be myth or reality, I cannot say. What is undeniably true, however, is gravity, a force that doesn't discriminate between believers and skeptics. The old bridge is decrepit and dangerous. It's been condemned for a reason, and while seeking out ghosts may seem an enticing adventure to some, it is paramount to remember that safety should never be compromised for the sake of curiosity. Should anyone hold additional details about this bridge or its haunting history, feel free to contribute to this narrative. But let us all tread lightly when it comes to places like old Mariposa Bridge, a place where legends linger and dangers are very real. 
Thank you for your time and for considering my story for your podcast. May we all proceed with care in our quest for understanding the unknown. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, On a day carved into my memory, the sun rose as usual, but it was not an ordinary day in our small town. The morning air carried a heavy silence that whispered of an ending. Our beloved neighbor Jack had passed away. I was only 13 then, a time when the world still seemed vast and full of wonder, and death was a distant, abstract concept. Jack had been a fixture in our neighborhood, the kind of elderly gentleman whose smile was a beacon of warmth. His house, just a stone's throw from ours, had been a haven for us kids. We were drawn to his stories and the endless supply of sweets he'd offer with a twinkle in his eye. His passing cast a shadow over the day, and though I didn't know it yet, it would also set the stage for an evening I would never forget. The plan for that evening was simple. My brother and I were to indulge in the latest movie rental, a tradition we held dear, especially on Fridays, and we had invited our friend Owen to join us. Owen was the kind of friend who felt more like family, always in and out of our house as if it were his own. We had agreed to start the movie at 8 sharp. However, time ticked by, transforming minutes into an eternity as we waited. 8 o'clock became 8.20 and still no Owen. My brother grew restless, popping popcorn and checking the window with increasing frequency. It wasn't like Owen to be late without a word. Finally, nearly an hour behind schedule, Owen appeared at our back door. The relief on my brother's face was palpable as he ushered our tardy friend inside. Owen was apologetic, explaining his delay as he settled in among us. His excuse was as unusual as it was unsettling. He had taken a shortcut through Jack's yard by hopping the fence. According to Owen, Jack was outside, seated on his familiar little wooden chair under the shade of the old tree in his yard. Owen felt compelled to stop and chat, a courtesy call to an elder that had been ingrained in us since we could walk. Jack spoke to Owen with the usual gentleness in his voice. He mentioned he would be leaving soon and that we wouldn't be seeing him around any longer. He entrusted Owen with a message of best wishes for all the neighborhood kids who had made his days brighter with their visits. Their conversation continued with general talk before Owen finally excused himself to come over to our place. The chilling truth that Jack had passed away that very morning was unknown to Owen at the time. When we broke the news to him, the color drained from his face as he tried to reconcile our words with his recent encounter. The room grew quiet, the weight of the revelation pressing down upon us. Our friend was visibly shaken by the realization that he had conversed with someone who was no longer among the living. The eerie circumstances of his delay turned our movie night into an impromptu sleepover. Owen adamantly refused to walk home alone, convinced that the darkness harbored more than just shadows. Thereafter, Owen's visits continued, but with one unspoken rule. He never came over at night. The funeral took place a few days later, with many from our neighborhood in attendance. It was a somber affair, 
a community coming together to bid farewell to a man who had touched so many lives. The days rolled on and life returned to its usual rhythm. No further encounters with Jack were reported. No whispers of his presence under the tree or around his now empty house. Yet, the memory of that evening lingered, a ghost story that was all too real for those who had lived it. So there it is, a strange tale from my youth that has stayed with me through the years. I hope your listeners find it as intriguing and spine-tingling as we did living through it. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I write to you today with a tale that is both personal and perplexing, one that I feel might resonate with your listeners, or perhaps even shed light on similar experiences they've had. Let me take you back to the start of this unusual journey, our previous residence, a mere 25 miles from where we live now. We called that place home for four years, and it bore an attic space that we utilized for storage. Plans were made to transform it into a welcoming guest room, yet the persistent chill and the convenience of storage kept that project at bay. There was always this peculiar sensation that washed over me every time I climbed those attic stairs, a feeling of being watched. My niece, around 14 or 15 years old during her visits, confided in me once that she sensed the presence of a lady garbed in clothing that seemed to echo from the 1800s. According to her, this spectral lady harbored no ill intentions. That same eerie feeling occasionally crept upon me in the kitchen, too. On a lighter note, I found my baking skills remarkably improved in that house, though I often joked it must have been the oven's doing. Fast forward to the present, and we've been in our new abode for a little over two years now. Its prior occupant was on the brink of losing the house when we came into possession of it. Rumor had it that she dabbled in witchcraft for quite some time, though I can't attest to the duration. She was a young woman, early thirties or so. What caught my attention upon moving in were these curious blackened handprints around doorways and windows. Not glaringly obvious, but certainly there if one looked closely enough. We spent a few weeks painting and cleansing every nook and cranny before settling in. The move introduced a familiar unease, more potent than before, and present in several areas of this house. Much like our previous home, we have a finished attic here as well, replete with a spare room amidst the storage space. My niece, by then 16, told me that the attic was teeming with various spirits and that unspeakable things had transpired there. We keep the door to this part of the house habitually shut, only accessing it when necessary. It was just last week that circumstances led my husband and I to sleep in the attic for three consecutive nights. Our bedroom was offered to visiting relatives. The attic door remained open throughout their stay. On the third night, intimacy ensued between us, an event which I can't shake off as being significant for reasons unknown. Since returning downstairs, that unsettling sensation has been more prevalent, particularly in the living room area. One of my dogs, a female nearing two years old, seems captivated by something near the hallway leading from the attic to the living room, especially in the evenings. Her gaze fixes on something invisible to us, 
with an intensity usually reserved for a tangible creature or object. Our older male dog doesn't seem to share her interest. Adding to this mystery was an incident involving my husband who is skeptical about ghosts. He dozed off on the couch one night only to awaken abruptly, feeling a weight on him and catching sight of a hazy figure. He later confessed it left him quite unsettled though not frightened. This happened shortly after his stepfather's funeral, which leads me to believe it might have been a benign visit from his passing relative, a separate encounter from the other spirits dwelling in our house. There's another curious piece to this puzzle, the matter of intimate health troubles since moving into this house. These issues are new, with doctors unable to pinpoint any medical explanation. It's led me to ponder if there might be a connection between my health and whatever energies reside within our walls. I've never felt truly menaced by these spirits, but can't ignore the impact they seem to have on our lives. I'm reaching out to you for insights or thoughts on what this all may signify, as it's thrown me somewhat off kilter. Hoping your expertise might cast some light on these shadows. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I'm writing to share with you a series of events that have been haunting me for the past seven years in hope that you might shed some light on these eerie occurrences or perhaps share similar stories from your listeners. It all began one seemingly ordinary night, but it turned out to be anything but normal. Seven years ago, I was living in an old house that had quite a rustic charm. One evening, after finishing up in the bathroom, I turned off the light and was about to head into the kitchen when something utterly chilling happened. In the doorway to the kitchen, I saw what looked like a hand gesturing for me to come closer. Instinctively, I thought it had to be one of my brothers playing a prank on me. But as I stepped into the kitchen, the stark realization hit me. I was all alone in the house. The sight of that disembodied hand left me frozen in fear. I remember searching the house frantically, calling out for anyone, hoping my mind was playing tricks on me. But there was no one there. The memory of that hand haunted me for days, but as time passed, the fear subsided and life went back to normal. Or so I thought. Fast forward to about three years ago, when the strange occurrences started manifesting themselves again. By this point, the incident with the hand had faded into a distant, uneasy memory. Our house layout has the living room adjacent to the kitchen, where I frequently found myself burning the midnight oil, engrossed in my homework. On one particular night, the quiet was palpable, as it was well past everyone's bedtime. The clock struck 4 a.m., and I felt a presence pass by me accompanied by an inexplicable chill that raced up my spine. Initially, I dismissed it as one of my family members wandering sleepily through the house. However, when an entire hour elapsed without any sign of return, curiosity got the better of me, and I decided to investigate. Creeping towards the bathroom, my heart nearly stopped when I saw the light on, blazing in the silence with no one around. This sent me into a panic. Every shadow seemed sinister, and every creak of the floorboards felt like a warning. The following night, I found myself in the same spot, surrounded by books and papers. In an almost cruel replay of events, 
I felt that same indescribable sensation, like eyes were intently watching me, scrutinizing my every move. From that night on, it became a pattern. Anytime I stayed up until around 4 a.m., that eerie feeling of being watched would resurface without fail. What unnerved me most was that no one else in my family ever experienced anything out of the ordinary. It was as if whatever this presence was, it had singled me out. Previous occupants of our house had their fair share of bizarre tales too, from seeing inexplicable fires that vanished as quickly as they appeared to being pelted by coins from invisible hands. These stories only added to my unease. The events have left me with more questions than answers. Why is it that only I seem to experience these phenomena? Why do these occurrences always happen around the same time? Is there something about that hour that makes the veil between our world and the other thinner? Or is there a more practical explanation? A trick of the mind when fatigue sets in, perhaps? I've heard you discuss similar experiences on your show and provide insights into such mysterious happenings. Maybe someone out there has gone through the same thing and could offer an explanation, or at least some solidarity in these unsettling experiences. I look forward to possibly hearing my story on your podcast and am anxious to hear any thoughts you or your listeners might have. Thank you for taking the time to read my account of these strange events that have disturbed the stillness of my nights. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, I'm writing to share an experience that has lingered in my memory, one that unfolded in the quiet solitude of my computer room several years ago. It was a typical evening, or rather the early hours of the morning, with only the hum of the old computer for company. This antiquated machine, despite its lackluster performance, cast a noticeable shadow on the wall behind me animated by my movements as I swiveled back and forth in my chair, a mundane pastime to while away the moments between messages from an online friend. The chair I occupied was stationed near a window, a pane of glass providing a fleeting connection to the outside world. Occasionally, the headlights of passing cars would illuminate my surroundings, their light dancing across the walls before dissipating as quickly as they had appeared. These transient flashes of brightness were familiar companions in the night, a natural occurrence in the otherwise predictable environment of my suburban home. On this particular night, my cat, Autumn, shared my vigil, perched silently on a chair behind me. The rest of the household was steeped in slumber. My brother's snores resonated from his room with remarkable clarity, and my mother, who slept upstairs, would surely make her presence known by the creaking of stairs, should she venture down during these nocturnal hours. As I engaged in idle chit-chat with my friend, a peculiar noise interrupted the stillness. Its origin and nature were indiscernible, a sound out of place and time. Instinctively, I glanced at Autumn for any indication of disturbance. Her focused gaze was directed toward the doorway leading to the living room, and I followed her line of sight. What I saw in that brief instance was a black haze, an ephemeral silhouette reminiscent of a human figure that dissipated as quickly as it formed. In response, Autumn dismounted her seat 
and ventured into the living room with a purpose that piqued my curiosity and concern. I felt compelled to follow, half expecting to discover my brother sleepwalking or another mundane explanation for what I had observed. Standing at the threshold of the doorway, I surveyed the room. It was as it always had been. Familiar furniture occupied its usual spots, and my dog lay sleeping peacefully under a table. There was no sign of any disturbance, nothing to validate the vision that had momentarily startled me. The incident occurred at the dawn of December in 2006. It was so recent that the chill of that night seems to linger even now as I write to you. You see, I was only 14 years old at the time, a detail that might lead some to dismiss my account as the overactive imagination of youth. Yet even now, with only weeks separating me from that mysterious encounter, I cannot shake off the feeling that what transpired was beyond ordinary explanation. It was around 3.30 a.m. when this event took place, a time often associated with supernatural occurrences and unexplained phenomena. Some might say that fatigue played tricks on my eyes, conjuring phantoms from shadows and weariness. Indeed, I cannot entirely dismiss this theory myself. However, there is an aspect of my home that lends credence to thoughts of the paranormal. I'm convinced that spirits inhabit this space alongside us. While their presence has never been malevolent or intrusive, it is a fact of life for those who dwell within these walls. I recount this story not out of fear or a need for validation, but as a record of an experience that stands out starkly against the tapestry of everyday life. Whether one chooses to believe in supernatural explanations or rationalizes them away, there remains an allure to such mysteries, an allure that keeps us pondering long after the moment has passed. This account is meant for your ears, dear podcast hosts and listeners alike. Whether it serves as entertainment or as a piece for contemplation under the shroud of night, I leave up to your discretion. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I'm reaching out because I've been living through an ongoing experience that's both puzzling and chilling, and I think your listeners might find it intriguing. My name is Alex, and my encounters with the unexplained began when I was just nine years old, living in my great-grandparents' old house. The house always gave me an uneasy feeling. It was like being under a constant gaze, the origin of which I could never pinpoint. This discomfort was especially pronounced at night in my bedroom. One particular evening stands out starkly in my memory. I woke up with a pressing need to visit the bathroom, and in the dim light, I noticed a strange, large figure looming at my window. It had a reddish hue and appeared to be crafted from clay, a silent guardian that was both inanimate and eerily lifelike. My mother later shared a similar experience though the figure she encountered was blue instead of red. She too saw it by her bedroom window, as if these earthen sentries were keeping watch over us. My father, a skeptic through and through, had his own brush with the inexplicable. One night, while asleep on the living room couch, he felt the presence of someone standing over him. Upon inquiring the next morning, 
he discovered that my mother had been asleep upstairs all along. He dismissed the incident, not quite ready to entertain notions of the paranormal. That house had a way of unsettling you at the most unexpected moments. Even during something as mundane as taking a bath, I would hear hushed conversations in the background, voices that clearly weren't my parents. On one occasion, the chatter instilled such fear in me that I sprinted out of the bathroom, towel in hand, desperate to escape the unseen chatterers. When I turned 12, life took us away from that mysterious dwelling, and I thought I'd left its spectral inhabitants behind. However, at 16, circumstances led me back to the family abode after my parents divorced. The sensation of being watched returned, only this time it didn't evoke fear as much as it did a deep-seated unease. Moreover, my dreams have become haunted by a recurring nightmare, where either my younger brother or I am crushed beneath a massive pile of rocks from our backyard. This ominous vision only visits me when I'm sleeping under that roof. Even now the voices persist, whispers that fill the shower's steam, as if the droplets themselves were speaking in hushed tones. The unsettling part? Sometimes they speak in German. Considering my great-grandparents' heritage, it's plausible these voices are remnants of their past lives. Physical manifestations accompany these auditory hauntings, the inexplicable cold spots that trail over your skin like ghosts of ice, electronics turning on and off by their own volition. The TV and vacuum seem to have lives of their own. Despite my curiosity, fear holds my tongue. I dare not communicate with these presences for fear of what they might say in return. My friend Nicole and I once dabbled with an Ouija board in hopes of understanding these phenomena. However, the dread that washed over me within minutes was too overpowering to ignore. The basement is another chapter of this eerie tale, a place of dirt floors and stone walls that demands I venture into its depths for laundry duties. The feeling of unseen eyes boring into me is intense there, and once I could have sworn something unseen played with my hair. All these experiences make me ponder the nature of what resides within that house. Is it simply echoes of the past? Are these apparitions seeking attention or perhaps conveying some unresolved business? The answers seem as elusive as the shadows that dance upon the walls at night. This story isn't just mine. It's a family legacy of sorts tied to a house that seems to hold secrets within its walls. I'm sharing this with you and your listeners in search of insights or similar stories that might shed light on these dark mysteries. Thank you for allowing me to share my experiences with your audience. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. Like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads, until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, 
turning the last page of our ebon-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night. <laughs>